right, so hey, on part two here uh, of tonight's episode, we're going to talk about NXT. Um, as we mentioned before, you know, the NXT is kind of where I, I focus my time and effort and energy just because it tends to have and focus on a lot of the superstars that I enjoy. Um, and this week was uh, no different. Um, so uh, they, they and, and, you know, going back to the AEW conversation, like everyone keeps talking about like, oh, my God, oh, my God, uh, AEW keeps beating NXT in the ratings. And it's like, you know what? Ratings don't mean everything here, folks. Like, but they, they keep doing they keep doing things. And I just kind of want to be like, uh. but so NXT this week opened up with a. North American title match. Cameron Grimes is uh, getting his shot against Keith Lee. And um, no surprise that Keith Lee won. Um, but Grimes did put up a good match. Man, um, if, if Lee, like, <clears throat> I, I watched all of, I've watched, I think, the past two NXTs now because I've been trying to keep up. Um, Cameron Grimes, like, really got over. Like, I mean, and, mm-hmm. and Lee does a great job. He works like I wish Brock Lesnar worked. Where like, he kind of like showcases the person he he's showcases fighting. The person, like, 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 literally, seventy five percent of that match was Cameron Grimes' offense, and basically mm-hmm. just Keith Lee looking hyper annoyed at this greasy, like, <laughs> cowboy. Okay, like, who just needs to shave his body hair, like. He like I mean, and Cameron Grimes looked great in that match. Mm-hmm. I mean, that German suplex alone on Keith Lee was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he came out of that match looking really good despite losing. Um, obviously, the the overall focus of that match was to continue a separate storyline outside of there um, with Damian Priest attacking him from behind afterwards. Um, and so Dijakovic comes out to like save Lee, right? And so he runs him off and he tries to get Lee back up to his feet and hand him his title back. Well, Lee snaps because he thought Dijakovic was the one who attacked him because he never saw. Like, he was attacked from behind, he went face down. And so he thinks this guy, you know, that is supposed to be someone they respect, like they have a mutual respect, despite the fact they want to both be North American champion. Um, he thinks he did. He's the one who attacked him. I'll be honest. I think after the showing from Grimes in that match, I would not be surprised to see this as a fatal four way at uh, Takeover Tampa. And yeah. I, I think, think pretty shot. I feel like he needs to move on. They need to move him on to something else. Well, and and that's possible, but you know, look at it this way: like, depends on where they want to go with it. If they if they want to put the title on Priest, which would not surprise me, honestly. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was good as uh, Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he had a pretty good run with the TV title, I believe, is what he yeah. had over there. Uh-huh. Um, and he's good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like him. I don't. He's talented in the ring. I don't particularly care for his iteration in NXT because it's just like this, like 
weird club guy that wants to live forever. Like, right. what are you? He, he, he's kind of, he, he reminds me of um, the original iteration of the Usos. It's like, are, are you Samoans? Are you hood? Like, what are you? Uh, are, are, are you, are you sumos and skinny guy bodies? I, I'm, I'm not sure what happens here. And that's kind of how I feel with Priest. He's very talented. You can tell that. You watch, you watch him in a match. You can tell he's talented. But the gimmick is weird. Because I thought we were, oh, Damian Priest. Oh, he comes out. He's got the fire. Live forever. Archer of infamy. And it's like, okay, so Aleister Black has moved to the main roster. Here's our new Aleister Blackish kind of character, right? And then it's like, I live for the clubs, man. The ladies, the paychecks. What? What? But again, it wouldn't surprise me if they put it, if they go to put the title on him. Making it a, a multi-person match obviously allows Priest to pick up the title without damaging Lee. Lee's going to come out of it looking great anyways, but then they don't have to worry about him going over directly on Lee. They can have him go over on Dijakovic or on uh, Cameron Grimes if they decide to add him into the match. So I, I get it, but I, why? I mean, why? why? Why Why? would you have... Let me ask you that. Why would you have Lee lose right now? I wouldn't. <laughs> and... and, and... See, and that's the thing, you know, it's, you know, we always joke about, you know, Triple H is listening to the podcast. I mean, you need to tell Vinny Mac to be like, no, but being that, being that at this point now, NXT is not seen as that developmental brand, right? It's seen yeah. as that, that third, that third brand, that third roster, um, having Lee lose makes zero sense. But at the same time, with the like kind of respect that he got uh, when he when he uh, stepped up to the big dog at Survivor Series and had that uh, time in in the ring with Lesnar at Royal Rumble, it would not su- surprise me to see Keith Lee move on to Raw or SmackDown like right after. Uh, right after a WrestleMania, because think about it. That's traditionally that's how it's always been. We always see some call ups, quote unquote, and obviously the landscape of that whole thing has changed in the past year. But it wouldn't surprise me to see Lee go to Raw or SmackDown after Takeover <coughs> Tampa, anyways. Yeah. So I mean, they they could have him lose, lose cleanly, but it wouldn't it would do nothing for him to lose cleanly to move to the main roster. And I think that's part of where they've had issues with moving NXT champions to the main roster. Like when Shinsuke Nakamura uh, left or Bobby Roode left and they had them drop the title and they left and it was, you know, they, they came out looking, they didn't look bad because those matches were all fantastic. I'm sure. But they, but they looked weak and this would be a way to to kind of do it um, without having to worry about that. Um, so, so this past week, the second match, and this was a topic that I wanted to specifically get uh, tonight. Uh, the ladder match 
qualifier for TakeOver Tampa. So Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai. Obviously, and these two have had their share of issues, you know, coming out of Kai's heel turn and everything. And I will never, never turn down watching these two fight. Who? Mia Yim and Dakota Kai. Oh, I, I'd turn down any Mia Yim. You're not a Mia Yim fan? No. Not even remotely. Well, I feel like that's something we'll have to come back to here at some point. Because <laughs> um, y'all y'all want to see your your favorite podcast host getting into an argument. We, we might have to, to do it right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. That's fine. I just, but that I that actually it. might support that might support this tonight's argument more so in general, anyways. So, um, I'm still calling it a clean win, even though it was uh, due to Raquel Gonzalez's uh, infer- interference outside the ring. But Raquel was essentially trying to interfere, and it backfired because. Kai rolled up Yim and the ref was distracted by Raquel and like probably the same ref that was, you know, smushed against her chest the previous week in the steel cage match. Um, But he was distracted by Gonzalez and Kai could not get the pin. And then right after that, like Yim gets up, hits her with the code breaker and or Can't it was a ver- <laughs> well it wasn't a true code breaker either it was just a single leg version like uh hurricane helms used to do when he was yeah. uh gregory helms um and i don't think she has a actual name for it like she has her actual move protect your neck but that's something different as well too unless they've decided to change it because they've been going through some changes there anyways but um, so then Yim hits her with it and de- defeats Dakota Kai clean. Uh, so there's got to be some other way to get Kai into this match because Kai has been one of the hottest things in, in NXT recently. Um, she was having a great heel build, um, you know, coming out of what was supposed to be that, you know, that final reckoning steel cage match with, uh, Tegan Knox, uh, last week. And the fact that again Gonzalez got involved and literally pinned uh, Tegan Knox to the cage really using the door of the cage, which was a which a brilliant use, brilliant, brilliant. use of, of of the cage. Like I applaud whoever came up with that idea um, to to let Kai win. So that whole that whole storyline still not done, but as we'll come back to uh, later on in this show, um, you know Knox is in the ladder match, but Kai's not. So are they really just going to, are they just going to muff it up with, oh, Kai comes out and her and Tegan Knox brawl and, you know, Tegan just gets screwed out of her opportunity again. I, I feel like that would be a real buzzkill on this. So, um, but yeah, Dakota Kai lost clean to Mia Yim um, on this. And I feel like that was a, just a dumb move. Like, you know, because yeah, despite like the fact you, you don't like her, Mia Yim is a crowd favorite. I don't know why. <laughs> Just don't. I mean, there's. <laughs> I I I think she's personally. I think she's talented. Uh, very talented. I've I've watched a lot of her stuff, like 
you know, she was in Impact in that whole time period of where it was kind of like really cringy. Not yeah. that it's changed, um, but it was there were there were still shining moments in there, and she was one of those shining moments. I think, um, you know, she did the May Young Classic, and she finally got her spot. Um, I, I don't like the. I don't like the whole head baddie in charge thing. I think that's kind of dumb personally. Um, I, I get it. Cause she calls herself the Blasian baddie uh, because she is uh, a, a mix of uh, African-American and Asian. Um, but I, I, I think, I think she's talented and she's, she's over with the fans. So some of them <laughs> just not Jansen. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I will construct an argument, and we will come back to this on another day. Okay. <laughs> so, um, continuing moving on in, in the next match, it was Koshida versus Raul Mendoza, and here's another one of those guys that I think doesn't get enough credit, um, and they're gonna do something with him coming into this as well too, because uh, they were outside doing an interview in the second hour uh, with Mia Yim and this like car rolls up and like they abduct Raul Mendoza. Um, They being Los Conquistadores. uh, (laughs) It did look like it. (laughs) It did. It was Edge and Christian. They abducted Raul Mendoza. Uh, Who knows why? Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Because he's, he's an underrated talent. I'm telling you. I hope he comes uh, back with a mask. Uh, I don't think that will really change a whole lot for him, really. I mean, I I just hope they just I don't, do I don't something like the, with him. I don't like the WWE keeps taking luchadors and then being like, yeah, let's just strip you of your heritage and just go ahead and, you know, like, why couldn't Andrade have had his La Sombra? Like, well, if you if you remember when he wrestled as La Sombra, he came out with the mask, but he took it off before the match. I know, but still. And he did you know? do that when he first uh, came into WWE for a, a minute. I know. And then they did get rid of it. But he was also, uh, as much as I love Andrade at this point in time, he was also really bleh when he first was there. I, I agree. I mean... Pairing him with Selena, Selena Vega, Vega smartest choice ever. Done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was not, that was if, actually... on, not, if only for the reason that you know she's very attractive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm okay with it. Now that the fact that they pair that they ended up uh, bumping Angel Garza to Raw and pairing her, uh, pairing them together, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways we're off topic Um, so Kushida defeated Raul Mendoza with this like super Spanish fly armbar thing it was insane Um, Kushida continues to uh, be Kushida uh, and and just kicks a major butt in NXT despite the fact that I think they've still been kind of feeding him the bleh people um, but when he had his match against Adam Cole a few weeks back, um, that that was a pretty darn good match in my opinion. So, but um, yeah, so they abducted Raul Mendoza. So I'm hopefully going to see they're going to see something happen with that. Um, 
like at first I thought, oh, like maybe this is like something for like the Robert Stone brand or something. They're gonna like pair him with this dumb guy. Um, but I don't know why they would need to do a whole abduction angle for it. So there's gonna yeah. be something bigger, I think, that probably won't play out for a few more weeks. I don't know. As long as Vince doesn't try to resurrect the Mexicals, we'll be okay. Are are you making fun of me because I like the Mexicals? No, I'm just saying like it was it was I mean they, I like them. Don't get me wrong, it, they were entertaining, but it was like the most racially insensitive thing that they could have possibly done for a group of Latin American Oh, wrestlers. absolutely. And like, and yeah, it took two right of the most lawnmowers. It'll be great. <laughs> it was great. But it also took two of the best luchadors. Uh, in the business at the time and made them complete jokes kind of like lucha house party Um, like like wwe like if if any if any self-respecting mexican wrestler like catches wind of an nxt mexico run like (laughs) they will not do you justice they will not treat you right like look at like literally the only one that has had any qualified success is Rey Mysterio. Like, you cannot... Ah. No, no. Like, Luchador. I'm meaning Luchador. Like, you can't count Andrade. And I'm in... I mean, I really don't want to count Del Rio because... Well, no, because he wasn't a Luchador. He was just a goob. Again, Um, but I'm just saying, like, any, like, any Luchador has been, like, like, used as cannon fodder and has not like been utilized to their best abilities at all. Well, um, and, and well, that could be said for a lot of people beyond just the Latino heritage. I agree. But um, I feel like luchadors historically have not fared well. Well, what do you, what do you feel about Kalisto? He's been buried. He had well, what he's he had been, like, what, he's been buried now that's, with uh... the United States championship. And then he's been, he got put into Lucha house party, which is basically just a gigantic joke. Yeah. Uh, although, and we'll come back to that on point three, they had arguably the spot of the, the oh, yeah. best and worst spots of the night in the same match at elimination chamber. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like he he's a two time NXT champion. He's or NXT United States champion. Um, he is a former cruiserweight champion as well too. Uh, NXT tag champion. Um, I, I mean, he's he hasn't hit the big one. Um, but think about it. Other than Rey Mysterio, has like that's what I'm saying. It's I like, don't think any of them have ever hit. hit the big one. But like, WWE I mean, is not the only guilty one about that. I think the only the only promotion really bucking that trend at this point now is Ring of Honor with Roosh, uh, giving him the world title. He's now a two time Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. But even then, to to point back to some of our discussions, Ring of Honor, um, has has kind of fallen off a little bit since. Uh, I will say they're coming back. The though. inception of AEW, though. They're coming back. I've been watching it more. It's- They've. They've they've been trying new things, which is which is nice. I mean, like I thought, I didn't watch any of it, uh, admittedly, but I thought the whole idea of PCO being world champion, well, that, that's kind of big. That's a, that's a that's a that's a strange thing, you know. Yes, but and he's awful. Oh my gosh, <laughs> is he horrible? He he's is 
56 awful. years old or something like that, he though. He is awful. 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 <laughs> uh, he's 52 years old. And, I mean, he was never anything big until, like, the past, like, two years when I he completely reinvented himself. I honestly thought that Jericho's dad, Bob, was the worst thing going in wrestling. And then I watched PCO in a match. And I go, you make Jericho look like he's John Morrison. <laughs> like, you look, yeah, you just, oh, I can't get, I can't do it. Can't do it. And that's fair, and I understand. I, I think the idea is kind of cool, though. I, I, like, I, I get like, it. I mean, they, they would not... Frankenstein, like, shock him to life before the matches and stuff yeah, like that. I mean, and, and I get that. I just, he, he, he works like he's Frankenstein in there. Like, that's fair, he's but you gotta you gotta remember he he was a product of a different age as well too. I get like, it. I'm just saying I don't I don't like it. I, I get it, but I don't have to like it. That's fair. I mean, you don't like me again, so. Um, yep. <laughs> so that is so. Then they have the the Charlotte and uh, well Rhea Ripley slash Charlotte um, segment and. Like me and Veronica were discussing this as we were watching it, you know, I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not like I get it. I'm I'm not I'm not a, a all in on Charlotte Flair. That okay? Let, let's be clear about that. I I get it. She's got the pedigree. She is athletic. Um. Wow. She, she's 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 not beautiful. Uh, let's wow. let's call it what it is. I mean, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna tell you right now, I I I'm I'm starting to I I respected you, and I used the past <laughs> tense, but if you're gonna sit here and try to tell me that you don't think that Charlotte Flair is one of the greatest women wrestlers, no 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 no, no 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 I'm I'm not I'm not saying oh thank goodness I'm saying that I'm just I I'm not all in on her like that I think for someone who is still as young as she is. Um, like they're, they're just trying to like traipse her through and and to make, to solidify her in the same respect of like her father. Okay. Um, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to get to, they're trying to go from point A of the first world championship to point B being the 16th world championship type of deal. And where people no longer look at her as Ric Flair's daughter. Um, but they look at Ric Flair as Charlotte Flair's father. Um, I, th- I think they're trying to cram that too quickly. All right. Um, and like, so, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not all in on Charlotte Flair personally, but I get it. Uh, you know, I, I get why she was in the first, you know, one of the people in the first female main event of WrestleMania. Um, I get why people do like her. I, she, she is talented. There is no arguing She's a five-tool uh, wrestler, dude. With, she's a what? She is a five-tool wrestler, okay? She can cut a promo, okay? She can carry a match. She's athletic and has power. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know what else you could possibly want. Like, I mean, and, and <laughs> honestly, and, and, and yeah, you cannot like her character, and I get, I get the rushing... But you needed, they needed to, with this women's revolution, they needed to solidify a front running. They like, needed, they needed the Roman reigns of the women. 
Exactly. And, no, and, no, and I get and, it. And I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that she's a Roman Reigns. She's not the Roman Reigns. She's the freaking Brock Lesnar of the women's division. <laughs> okay? Like, if you put her in any match, like, literally, like, I mean, she's going to out-promo nine-tenths of everyone. She's got more athleticism than most everyone. And power. Like, I mean, she's got all of the, the things that you want. Yep, and she... She has the uh, the boobs of all the women as well, too. Well, yeah, no, she's got <laughs> all the boobs that silicone could possibly fit into her body. Okay, I know oh, this. What, what, did I, what did I call her the other day? I was talking to, I was talking to uh, Michael uh, from the Gimmick Minute, and I think I called her Boulder Chest, and, yeah. and he he about lost his crap. <laughs> well, I literally like I was I was flipping through the network earlier today. And they just put up a new documentary about the FCW, and they mm-hmm. showed they showed Charlotte on there, and it's like, you holy crap! Like, <laughs> have you you've seriously done some work? Like, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, she is a Barbie doll. Like, essentially, she is a plastic Barbie doll with no ass. Being. And but I mean, to sit, I mean, like talent wise, I mean, she's got everything that she could possibly. If you're trying to create a woman to build a division around if it wasn't for the fact that Becky Lynch stumbled upon this man gimmick at the heels of Charlotte Flair, no less. I don't think you have anybody else. I mean, there's not, not at the point of where it was. No. Yes. I mean, I mean, it took that whole feud with Charlotte Flair in order to get Becky over. Mm hmm. And, no, and and I agree. It's you know, it's it's just I th- I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I I don't like certain things crammed down my throat. I mean, you know me, you know Becky's my number one, and I love. I'll be I honest Becky with you, since day one when she was in NXT, yeah, but but I don't think that she. I mean, I I they weren't using her right on the main roster, but it wasn't until this feud with Charlotte Flair that she got over, and now she's the man. Yeah. And and I st- I'm not I'm not in the boat of like they're cramming her down our throats yet either, but they do need to be careful with that. I don't want it. I don't want it to get to that point. They they see this thing and they get the laser focused on it. But yeah. um, so she's in this Charlotte's in this program right now with Rhea Ripley, and I tell you this this is one of the best programs that I've seen Charlotte in in a long time. Personally, yeah, it really is. And really- and I truly think that. And, and, you know, this could change because you know how Vince likes it. But I truly think that Charlotte is going to go into this and they've had such a great thing. But she is going to put Rhea over. And this is Charlotte helping to solidify that next mega star in the women's division. Because we've already talked about Rhea Ripley's rise over the past year going from being having to work an extra match in the May Young Classic that she wasn't that most people believe she wasn't supposed to to work. Most everyone believes that she was supposed to lose to Tegan Knox, who was going to end up winning the whole thing. Possibly she goes on to work an extra match that she wasn't originally scheduled for. She goes on and they reward her by making the first ever UK women's champion, but they take it away from her because, you know, Tony storm, you know, uh, and, 
they made a mistake with that. And I think they realized they made a mistake with that as well, too. Um, but they continued moving her along and literally in the NXT landscape, she is the biggest female at this point. Um, arguably I would, I would say that she's uh, other than the fact that Charlotte Flair is the name Charlotte Flair. I would almost say she's the biggest name in WWE women right now. Becky. I mean, it's still Becky. Becky's on everything right now. That's fair. I mean, Becky's still the front runner. Like, you know, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, amongst us, yeah, I mean, like, we're all watching the rise of Ripley. Like, like I mean, and it's a good thing to watch. And, and this whole build with Charlotte, they couldn't have put paired – they could not have paired Rhea with a better person to do this, this program with. Mm-hmm. If only for the fact that she looked like great value brand Charlotte during the first May Young. Like, she looked like a knockoff Charlotte when she first came in. She kind of did. She did. She, she really kind of did. They yeah. had a promo on NXT a couple of weeks ago when she was talking about that. And I mean, she really did. And then since that point, she's done everything in her power to look completely different than anybody else. And she's done it. And she's been dominant and she's shown that and she's she is that next wave. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 regardless, whether she wins or loses, it doesn't particularly matter, honestly. And I mean, as much as all of us fans are gonna want Rhea to come out winning, the fact that she's in this program and she's gonna be featured at WrestleMania is a win. It doesn't matter. Like she's already won. Mm-hmm. Like her name is already going to be on a WrestleMania card as an NXT champion for the yep. like it's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, I mean Adam Cole's not going to defend the NXT championship on WrestleMania. At least we don't think he will. Uh, I mean, obviously yeah. they're leading up to the idea that uh, Velveteen Dream is going to challenge him for the title. Um, so good. So I love it. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that it worked out the way I did because if you remember our conversation was I thought. Balor was going to go over Gargano at TakeOver and then immediately challenge Cole. That made sense. And now he's going after Valter. So, and and you know darn well, he's going to, like, he's going to beat Valter. Because he's going to walk into, like, if they have that match at Tampa. And that's probably questionable at this point now with everything going on with them closing borders down and everything. But if, if, if they have that match at TakeOver Tampa, um, he's walking out as the champion, and he's walking into TakeOver Dublin in his home country of Ireland as the NXT UK champion. That is the thing that proverbially puts the butts in the seats, as long as yeah. people are allowed in the arena. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to see that that kind of changed in how... Uh, we kind of originally thought about it, and um, you know, our fantasy booking was off in the wrong in 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 a good in, way. In, in, yeah, in in a good way. Yeah, and it's and it's Usually only off by one small thing. It's only off by one small thing is that it's going to be Velveteen versus uh, Cole, not Balor versus Cole. I still say it's going to go the way we did, and the whole, uh, you know, the uh, prophecy. Uh, of golden, you know, whatever, whatever they called it, the uh, undisputed gold prophecy 
will be ended at um takeover tampa so but uh yeah um and then this this match was kind of a as much as I love Tegan Knox, um, the I told you we'd come back to it. Tegan Knox faced Diana Perazzo in a uh, squash match. Yeah, uh, it really was. Um, and I felt I, bad. I felt bad because uh, Juliet picked Diana Perazzo as she's walking out, and I'm like, honey, she doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, now, I'm Te- sorry. Tegan's too far over. Cool. She looks cool. And I go, yeah, but just watch. She's going to lose in, like, less than two minutes. And sure enough, it yeah. happened. Like, Yeah, and Prato didn't, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, she does a really right. good job with that arm bar, but I, I don't know. She didn't really look good in that coming out of that match. And that's yeah. why I, I agree with the fact that it was uh, a squash for that match. Uh, I mean, it still looked better than the whole Chelsea Green Shotzi Blackheart match uh, from the previous week, but <laughs> you know it. It, it, I it like Shotzi too. I, I do like, like Shotzi. I, I do. Um, I, I I'm not sure. I mean, I, I can guess two reasons why they're over on Chelsea Green, but that'd be about it. Um. So I don't know. Anyways. So then the final match of the night uh, ends up being an NXT tag team match and the Broser weights defending their newly won tag team titles against the undisputed era. Um, and obviously the undisputed era ends up losing. Uh, so it, it kind of continues on like this story between all of them, but we also end up having, uh, we also end up having grizzled young veterans come in. So it looks like they moved to Maine. <laughs> Go ahead. The grizzled young douchebags. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, <laughs> as much as you apparently don't like them either, soon to be recognized as, as the NXT the worst tag team champions. Tag team champions ever. They're going to be recognized as the NXT tag team champions. I'm, no. I'm telling, I'm telling you now. At some point, they will be NXT tag team champions. I, I don't doubt it. Because it's, <laughs> it's as far as their career is ever going to go. Probably. Um, I mean, like, look at. There's talent. Um, but yeah, everyone, but everyone hates him. It's not coming from Zach Gibson. I don't. Everyone hates Zach talent. Gibson so much that like, there's nothing he could do anyways. So, but yeah, but let's be honest. It's essentially a Baron Corbin level of hatred. So. Yeah, I mean, I figured they'll split them up at some point. I mean, they they are a tag team. <laughs> WWE doesn't like keeping tag teams together forever. Uh, every single tag team in WWE, I think, has gone through a break at some point in time. So, except uh, for New Day, right now. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but New Day is all, really like they're also not at full strength right now. Uh, the Usos as well, too. Yeah. But I feel like that's it'd be very hard to break the Usos up because of them being twins. But they, I mean, they did it with the Bella twins, I guess, right? And the Usos are at least more talented than the Bellas. Yes, thank you. Finally, we agree on something. <laughs> Not much more, but more. Um, hey, now. Ah, they still move like their father. And, and I've told you before, I love Rikishi. He's one of my favorites. 
but unfortunately, him being a 400-pound uh, Samoan does not translate the same way of moving for them. And he trained them. I I like the Usos. I mean, I, I think... I like them they, a they, lot more now than I... Yeah, I mean, they've really, they've really tried to, you know, make their gimmick their own and... and you know, and that's if that's their, you know, what they want to do, then great, all power to them. But I think talent wise, they're they're definitely good. Well, I mean, as long they, as they just they stop drinking and driving, division. I mean, they held the tag to tag division together when there wasn't a whole lot to hold it together. So let's just give them respect. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that one. Um, but in the final segment of NXT, because this segment's running long now, uh, in the final segment yeah. of NXT. Um, we had one of the freaking craziest backstage battles ever. Oh, you, so you, time out before you get to that. Uh, Roserweights and UE. Roserweights were so good in that tag match against the UE, and they were. And I loved, huh? I said they were. I loved the Eddie Guerrero spot. That was phenomenal. So good. Like they they get on the outside, they throw they throw Roddy in, they throw Adam Cole in, and then Pete Dunn claps his hands together and just drops to the ground, and the ref turns around and goes, "What's going on?" And then, and then Riddle they, comes they, in, he's like, "He super kicked him," and then they and then the ref does his whole thing. Anytime a ref throws people out, I just pop in my, <laughs> I just get so hyped. High, high, it's just so good. All right, go ahead. That that, but moving on. Yeah, the end segment was great. But I, the, had, to, I had to give them credit. No, and, that, and that's fine. And they have really come into the team, and it's it just it's it's funny seeing the two of them together and working very very well. So, um, but yeah, so the end segment. So Champa comes out and he's starting to talk about Gargano, and Gargano's in the back in, in the performance center. Um, kind of looks like he's, if I remember correctly, it looks like he's in the area where they've been shooting left, right, left, right. And, yeah. um, so Champa's like, well, F this, he's here in the building. I'm going to go. F-. So he goes and finds him and literally just craziness ensues. They I just mean, took us on a tour of the entire PC. Yeah. It's like, did. you didn't have to pay the $1,500 to go to the PC. You got a good bird's eye view of it because they literally took you all over the place um from from the 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 trainer area complete with trainer and wrestler being checked out working on a random person during the nxp taping like yep dude you weren't even wrestling like what what how what'd you pull (laughs) not working out in the empty weight room like exactly (laughs) um but then you know take you take you back to the uh to the the cafeteria-esque looking area the break area the the offices the the weight room i mean literally we went everywhere in this and i mean we had people going through doors uh trash cans being thrown at each other uh, freaking hundred pound dumbbells trying to be tossed on each other um giant mirrors being shattered it was insane i can tell you if you if you are listening to this and you uh, are a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan it doesn't matter if you're sitting here listening to my voice 
right now. I'm going to tell you one thing. Go on there. Go on WWE.com and check out the video of the Gargano Champa uh, Performance Center like backstage battle. It was insane. Absolutely insane. Honestly, about the only thing, uh, and I, I don't want to go as far as to say I didn't like about it. I, I didn't. I didn't feel at the point of it that they needed the whole jumping off the the perch onto the table. So I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I didn't like it, but I just I felt it was I, after the gloriousness that they just did. I felt it was unnecessary. Does that make sense? I felt that it dragged at the at that perch. Like uh-huh. everything else was like just bam, bam, bam. Like holy crap! I am just watching you two destroy each other. And the fact of the matter is this, is the fact that these two are still going head-to-head and we're talking about it with such enthusiasm is just a highlight to the fact of how good Gargano and Champa are together. Mm-hmm. Considering like, this tech, essentially started two years ago. Yeah, t- yeah, this has been a feud that's been going on for freaking ever. Like, this is like the only feud that these two have really had. Like ever and in wwe at least and i mean the fact that now that the roles are reversed and but the thing is is in that too gargano wasn't making bad points if you listen to what he was saying before you know champa just went and like went back and just started attacking him he's like he's like since when are you the good guy he's Mm -hmm. like when you he's like when did you apologize when did you become the good guy when did these people start cheering you you know like he's not wrong like the dude was like the most over heel that they had to the point that he's coming out his entrance music for like a number of weeks was literally just the booze of the crowd yep and i'm sorry it was three years it's been three years may 20th 2017 was nxt takeover chicago when Tommaso Ciampa turned on Johnny Gargano after their match. But I mean, for three years, not like off and on, they get injured. They come back, they go at each other again. Another one gets injured. They, you know, they come back, they go at each other again. I mean, like and when, when Gargano hit him with the belt, I'm literally going for real again. Like, I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought we were done. We, like, we've been here. We've done this. We've done this, but it's still like they still make it fresh. Like, I don't know how they managed to do that, but I, I'm I'm super invested in this storyline just because they just they demolish each other. And that spot off the perch. I got legitimately worried for Gargano. Did you? Yeah, it, it, lo- it looked it looked real bad. Like, when like, he landed, he could have for sure broken his collarbone because the entirety of Chama- of Champa's weight landed completely on his neck and head area. Mm-hmm. Like, just the nature of that move, but, like, from that height through that table and there was nothing but just floor for him to land on. Like, in the fact that his arm was completely stiff and he's grabbing at his collarbone, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it it looked real off. It it really did. But it doesn't appear to be that way. Uh, at least they haven't acknowledged it to that point. And I, that's, I just got word for him for sure. Yeah, and that's 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 the only thing that is has been a real 
downer on this whole feud in general has been the fact that they they as great as they are and maybe it's because they go all out kind of thing but i mean they can't seem to stay healthy so it uh the, the definitely only other hurts. thing the only other thing that i was waiting for during that entire thing was hunter i was waiting for hunter to show up and try to break him up like how 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 over do you think like how much more over as a heel could Gargano have gotten if Hunter comes up because you know how like Hunter's like anybody that watches the product they know that Hunter's you know working with NXT and all of his stuff and and because mm-hmm. he's always the one that's you know do, you know cutting the promos and stuff and look we are NXT and all this stuff and then like he comes out to try to break up the two and all that stuff because it's his PC and all that stuff. And he tries to break it up, and Gargano just clocks him. You know, like that would have got generated more heat. I felt like there was an opportunity, but obviously, you know, you know, Hunter may have been busy, but that felt like that would have been a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so that's NXT. So if you haven't got a chance to watch either either of those two shows, like we already said, strongly recommend it. Thanks for listening to part two of this week's Reality Check Wrestling podcast. Stay tuned for the final part titled, If We're Talking Cage Match Rules, They Should Have Won, Right?